All right, I'm I'm gonna lay down a beat. Okay. You riff. Online things. Man, internet stuff. Online things. And internet stuff. Woo! Nice. Hey, that wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah, we. Like, uh... I I'd, I'd listen to that. Yeah. On repeat for hours. <laughs> sure. Maybe we'll just put that as the background. We'll just keep that on repeat throughout the entire podcast. People would love that. I think they would. That's yeah. what they're clamoring for. No, what are they here for, though? They're here for... Uh, <laughs> what are they? Us to yammer on for an hour. Right, because they want to hear our thoughts and opinions right. on things, which we'll get to. We will get to that. Um, now we're going to talk about online courses, and is it the yeah. right thing for you and your business? Right, so... Um, unlike most millennials, mm. I have a dream of living in an Airstream. That's so unique. You I are know. so unique. Um, I imagine it being like a deserty type of background uh, yeah. with like a, a retro vintage Airstream mm-hmm. that's been remodeled from the inside. Right. And I'm, I'm like super buff because mm-hmm. I like, I have this really sick home workout routine, mm-hmm. but I'm also making like like an embarrassing amount of money. Like right. people don't realize, like I don't like to talk about it because uh-huh. I'm just making a lot of money. In my dream, I'm doing a lot of yoga, like with a sunset behind me mm-hmm. and we eat like all organic. We're probably gluten-free or something, although. Oh, because we're super healthy. Right. Although we, we eat like a lot of pizza. We and also you make, eat a lot of And pizza. you also make homemade bread. I do make homemade bread. Right. But we're gluten-free as well. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's my dream. Uh, that's our life. It's always been my dream to be, but for real, I have always had a dream. The rest of it, sure. Sounds great. I have always had a dream of, uh, living in an Airstream and this is like mm-hmm. a shared dream. It's not just my dream. We've talked about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the vague way, it started way, off as yours, started off as my dream and like mine. many of the things in our life became mm-hmm. our dream. This is, this like is my what dogs is. became your, our right. dogs. Um, and my debt became <laughs> our, our debt. debt. Right. And why, why did I? My abhorrence to financial yep. security became your my. Um. Anyway, so, but for real, Airstreams. We have talked in the past about, like, wouldn't it be fun to just, like, drive around the country and live in an Airstream? But we've right. talked about it in the same way that we've talked very, about, Very, like, very high level. Just right. Wouldn't it be fun to, like, be Italian superstars who vacation in the French Riviera. Right. Like, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't sure. it be fun? Is it attainable? No. no. Because we don't really... Am I willing to make the sacrifices to make that a reality? No. Right. Um, and we've talked about living in Airstream in much the same fashion. And then something changed. <gasps> Ren, something changed something for the better changed. or for the worse? Well, that depends on whose perspective. <laughs> uh, for us, I think for, for the, the better. better. Right. Um, we went and looked at Airstream. So last weekend, we went and... Right went and actually looked at airstreams so we took this idea we took this idea that was a pie in the sky mm-hmm. and then we made it a reality by we didn't make it a reality but we reality. brought it one step closer that's true we made we the... made it something we could get our hands around <sighs> brilliant so we took one more step with the idea towards reality we made it slightly more tangible and here's the thing after we went and looked at airstreams i went from being like sure nice idea to like oh actually I feel like I have, I don't have nearly all the knowledge I would need and I still have a ton of questions. Mm. Um, but I took it from cool idea to, okay, and here's what that might look like and here are some of the next steps we would need 
to pursue if that was something we wanted to do. Right. And it just made it, it like made it a lot more real. It made it a lot more of like a real thing that we could do. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not planning to do that like today or soon necessarily, but it did just give us a really good framework for like, what does this look like? And, and it, and it honestly made me a lot more excited about the whole thing because it became like, Oh, this thing, like I can put numbers on a spreadsheet and see what, what do I need to do to make this real? Right. Numbers on a spreadsheet or just, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) That was more me, I guess. Yeah. Um, And that's sort of what I want to do with these next couple of podcast episodes is, you know, the the one thing that we are actually really good at and really knowledgeable about, and that I have great faith in our ability to do is uh, help people create online courses. Um, Right. That is what our business actually does. Forget sometimes. I know. Uh, So I wanted to spend some time having more or less intelligent conversations around what Mm -hmm. does it look like and what does it mean to build an online course? What are like some of the first things to be thinking through to help people who have this pie in the sky, like, Oh, I would like to make an online course or I would like to make my business more virtual or that would be a nice thought. Um, I'd like to make money in my sleep. Right. (laughs) Sleep money is the best Sleep money. money. I love sleep money. Um, To take it from dreams of sleep money to, some more concrete thoughts around right how would this work so, for me how could this fit into a business model realistically what am i looking at in terms of investment and timelines um right just start to think through some of those things and obviously we won't be able to answer all of those questions for people specifically because it's different for everybody it's just vastly different for right. everybody but i do want to just help people come up with a more concrete framework i guess or structure to right. be thinking about things so within. much like how our idea became a step closer to reality by mm-hmm. asking specific questions to the sales rep at mm-hmm. Airstream. Right. We hope to be the sales rep for the people listening. To this so podcast. if you'd like to buy an online course, buy, for the now, low, buy, low, buy, buy, buy. So, yes. Yes. So, perfect. That is, that is my goal um, to help people just, no, we're just not, think we're, through it a little yes, bit. Yes. This is not a sales pitch. No. But no. God, no, Mostly because we're terrible at sales pitches. Yeah. And also, probably, I'm just going to be real, I probably don't want to make your online course. <laughs> Hey, Just remember what we talked about? We're not going to be mean. No, we're not going to be negative. We're not going to be mean. No, we're not. Um, and yeah, anyway, we'll get there. So <laughs> what I want to yes. do, I want to talk about, all. here's all the things I want to cover in the next two to three episodes. I'm not sure how long mm-hmm. it will take us. Good reasons to um, build an create online an course. online course. Right. Bad reasons to create an online course. A few common misconceptions. What if we... I know this is a last minute change. It's probably not a good thing. What about if we said good north stars to focus on? Because as you're building an online course, it takes time and you need to sort... Obviously, business is a lot more complicated than like having one priority, one goal, and just focus on that. Like, Although, life is, the nature of a priority. The, the nature of it, we've talked about this. The nature of a priority is there should only like, be comes one. from the Latin root prior, which is one. Totally made that up. That's not even close to But it might be I true. Pry. Pry. Pre? Pry. Anyways, priority, it, you should have one. But the nature of the, work, the life of an entrepreneur is you're constantly battling competing priorities. So what are some good North, north stars? stars? What are some good focus points? So you don't want to use points? the word reasons. You want to use the word North stars. Well, because there's multiple reasons, and there's only one North star. As you're follow, if you're a ship sailing through the Following ocean, the north you want to follow one star. You don't follow multiple different All stars. All the way to Philadelphia. Well, that's far. We're in Atlanta. That I was guess from that could work. the American Girls play. Anyway, sorry. 
Um, yeah, I do. No, yes. I think I think that's a good point. That you, you know, know you might not. It's plan. not like most people have like one very specific reason, and it's right. You know, what what is good and bad? Like, let's not right. label things here. Right. Um. So. But some I'm just thinking, stars I'm just trying South to stars, which you, <laughs> you like. Best? Yes. No, what are not necessarily South stars, but like, what is like a good thing to focus on? Because as you're building your online course, you're going to get pulled in a lot of different directions. What is that one thought you can come back to, to say, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing here. This is an important reason why I'm doing this. Right. And so I should focus on that. So what are those good reasons? And there's multiple. You can, there's, yeah, there's lots. You, these yeah, aren't you, the only ones. There's not the only ones. But these are a few we've seen. And then what are some reasons that if you are thinking this is your reason for building an online course, if this is your North Star, if you will, for building an online course, allow us to you, you might want to reconsider. Like, I hope to open your eyes to some other Good North Stars. Other good North Stars and some reasons why that North Star might not work. So there's the good North Star and then there's the North Star's evil twin. The South Star. The South Star. The South Star. Um, yeah, and I do want to, I also think it's important because we talk about online courses a lot and I think we know what we mean by online courses. Mm-hmm. But it is a jar, it's a bit jargony and we don't necessarily mean online courses in the way that a lot of people think about them in terms of like an academic online course. Right. Um, what we mean is if you are at a point where you're looking at your business and you're like, I should be doing some of this online. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should create like a virtual program or a a resource library or an online database, like all of these things. um, Basically taking anything that you have been doing more or less in person and trying to figure out a way to virtualize it and put it more or less online. That's, that's what we specialize in. That's what we help people with. And that's what I am talking about when I say online course, I'm using it as a catch all phrase for, an online program, a virtual library, um, you know, like yeah, all kinds a, a of things. really compelling blog, even yeah, just a, like a yeah. really a well thought out newsletter series, you know, like right. there's a lot of different ways, um, and and that is that's part of why there are people like us in the world that have jobs is because there's a lot of different ways to think through how mm-hmm. to do that online. And that's am I going to do a subscription? Am I going to do one time? Yeah, all the things. So many different things to think about, right? You just can't help yourself. So, I know. I'm always talking about subscriptions. Go get the subscriptions. I love subscriptions. Ren hates subscriptions. Subscriptions, subscriptions. No, that's not. Well, all I talk about. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So, yeah. Should we just jump into, like, yeah, do you well, want to do like good reason, bad reason, or sorry, North Star, South Star, North Star, South Star, and yes, then we'll just get really dizzy. I was so around. confused when you said good reason, bad reason. Right. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Actually, that sounds fun. Let's go back and forth. Okay. What's one really good reason? One really good, timely, relevant uh, hmm. reason? What is going on in the world today? It's sort of like business as usual, right? Yeah, everything's super normal. Coronavirus. Have you heard of coronavirus? Yeah. Yes. Um, Your parents had it. My parents, my parents, my they're, parents had they're, it. They're uh, good. Yeah, they're fine. They're they're, they're healthy. They she, had it. A, I think they've been recovered more or less for about a, maybe even like five or six weeks now. Right. Um, but yeah. So. And side note, your dad had it, tested positive, right? Well, and your mother had the same symptoms. Hers wasn't as hers Not wasn't as nearly severe. as severe as his, and I heard that it does hit men harder worse than women as does right. much of life to be honest but you, she had weak, weak frail creatures <laughs> that is a whole nother podcast yeah. but your mom took a test mm-hmm. living in the same house with someone who tested positive with similar but not as severe symptoms mm-hmm. and her test came back negative 
her coronavirus test came back negative, and we were like, well, that's dumb. You clearly like, have for it. For sure she had it. Don't believe that. And then she got the antibody test, and it came back. She did have the antibodies, so she did have it. Right. So that just... That, I, Which I leads just wanted to a to, larger issue with I don't even know. the accuracy of testing and how good is the data we're looking at. And mm-hmm. So should we just make that podcast about... Maybe. So we're changing gears. The accuracy of uh, testing, testing. medical, virology, and epidemiology. That's what we're talking about today. Because if there's one thing we know anything about in the world, (laughs) it's epidemiology. (laughs) Are we even saying that the right way? Is that even a word? Epidemiology. Epidemiology. So what is a good North Star? For so I mean along those lines I think that there are a lot of people right now who are finding themselves in a place where they can't do business as usual they are having to pivot Um, some of those people have already maybe been doing some things virtually and they need to be doing more some of them have never done anything virtually some are just you know like trying to figure out how do I even get a website up because now I need one all of a sudden right Um, so people are at all different points of the spectrum but I do think that for a lot of people this is a timely you know moment um, to be thinking through, well, building an online should I build should an I online course? Should I have more online, online components to my business? Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like you had some good thoughts on this when we recorded this podcast for the first time. That we're not going to use. <laughs> we always do it twice. We always do it twice, guys. Right. Um, it, it, it's interesting because it's not necessarily a reason. Coronavirus isn't like a reason to build a course, but I think it just brings up a lot of weaknesses or vulnerabilities in your own business that you may have noticed before, but you haven't been forced to change. Um, And I think just one of them is the world is moving in a more digital space. Like it it just is, there's no way to fight against it anymore. And a lot of, we're seeing that a lot of businesses that did fight against it, that have said, no, you have to do things in person. You have to be able to have, you know, these retail stores in person this is they've sort of been able to scrape along up until now but this is just the final peg in the coffin it's just killing out a lot of those retail businesses and a lot of people are getting hit hard by it and i it's the people that haven't started to invest in technology that are getting wiped away so they're getting hit the hardest it, for me the bigger lesson is like technology is this thing that you have to continue to invest in and you have to continue to find ways to incorporate in your business. Because if you don't, there are things like that, that are just totally outside of everyone's control, like the coronavirus that are going to reshape your business. So you need to find ways to be able to connect with people that doesn't involve in person. Well, you need to find ways to pivot in your business. And like this time with, with this specific global pandemic crisis that we're all facing, Um, the pivot has to be towards less in-person, more virtual, Mm -hmm. more remote, more, you know, online things and internet stuff. Right. Um, And, but, but I do, I mean, I also just think this is the greater lesson here is, are you able to pivot quickly? Are you able to, have you invested in your business, your business's systems and processes and products and building up customers, like all of those things significantly so that no matter which way you have to pivot, Mm -hmm. you know, you're able to do that well. And, and not to say that a business that doesn't survive this hasn't invested well in their business. I think some businesses just truly are, I mean, it's just right. a really shitty situation, honestly, for a lot of businesses. Um, right. But, you know, well, I digress. I, and I'm going to, like, wrap into coronavirus one of our other reasons, which is just around, like, 
a good reason that is sort of about coronavirus, but on a more general like level, just wanting to change your business model around. Right. That's a good no, reason. That's it, a good North Star. Exactly. You're ready for a different business model. You have probably been doing things in person for a while and you hopefully if you're still in business you're you've been good at it you're pretty good at it but you're ready for something that maybe can scale a bit more Mm -hmm. you sort of feel like you're getting a little dried out with the content you've been teaching and you want to find a new way to teach it you want to maybe and teaching's the wrong word too it's like sharing content I don't want people to think oh I'm not a teacher like this isn't for me right like the two most common things we hear around wanting to change the business model is probably um, diversifying revenue streams and right. along with that, creating a more predictable revenue stream, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. So let me ask you this, diversifying revenue streams. Um, someone wants to, we're at the Airstream store and someone walks up to us and says, obviously not Airstream, Otis Solution Store. Someone walks up to us and says, I want to diversify revenue for my business. And mm-hmm. I think an online course is the way to do it. I'm confused. Rent. Does this have anything to do with Airstreams? No, okay. no Airstreams are involved. <laughs> okay. They say, I want to diversify my yes. revenue stream. For my, I want, I want to build an online course because my purpose is I want to diversify revenue streams in my business. What are the next questions that you ask that person? Well, what is your current business? Um, what, do you, what do you do what right do you, now? So Where do you make most of your are, money? Yeah. Have you taught this in person? Right. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, yes. Is this, do you want me to go down this rabbit hole now sure. <laughs> about the importance of, yeah, I do. So I have a very firm belief that if, if you want to, if one of your reasons is to diversify your revenue streams and you want to start putting stuff online, you should really only do that after you've been, and again, teaching is not the right word, but sharing your expertise with people either in person or one-on-one or in some kind of interactive way where you're putting something out there and you're seeing, a re- like you can gauge a response and be asked questions and get feedback from the person that right. you're sharing it with. Um, a lot of times when we when we talk about online courses, we are talking about something that's like a canned, I'm doing air quotes, canned, canned online course, which means, you know, you record all the content, you put it all together in a package and people just kind of buy it off the shelf and they never, like you never see that person, they never see you, you never interact with them, they never interact with yeah. you other than buying your course. Um, and it's really important before you go into that kind of like super hands-off way of sharing content that you have at least a little bit of experience with with sharing this in an interactive way because you're so good at what you teach. Everyone we work with is so good at what they do. It's been a really long time since they've had to think about, you know. Right. Like what what do these people that I'm teaching how Right. If you're starting from zero work? on this topic right. and I'm an expert, you have it takes some work to get back into like what is someone who's at zero right. need to know like what am I right. maybe potentially skipping over or what are some things that I kind of take for granted or what's some of the jargon that I use that mm-hmm. I'm unaware of um, and even the best teachers you know do stuff like that yeah and it's really important I think to just be able to teach some of that in person which I'm not really sure if that put so North Star is to diversify your revenue stream. Yeah. Partially because it's just, you know, in this day and age, it's always nice to have well, multiple sure. revenue streams. I mean, for, that's why, honestly something we're doing in our business. Why would someone choose an online course over – I don't think the 
the question is like, do I want to diversify re my revenue stream? Because every business is like, hell yeah, I want to diversify my revenue streams. Well, not necessarily. But like, why should I spend my time and energy and money investing in an online course to make that happen than another product, another or, product or, you know, another employee to grow my current business, which I know works. Right. Well, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> I think you should examine all of those options, honestly. Right. You should definitely like, take a look at should. all of them. I, I, I'll, I'll... I do think there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily, like, that's not their reason. They don't necessarily care about diversifying their revenue stream. They feel really comfortable with right. what they've got going on right now. Um, but I, we do have people who come to us and they say, one of the reasons I'm interested in creating and selling online content is because... Right now, I've, you know, the way my business works is I've got four or five really big clients. Mm -hmm. And if any of them ever pulled out unexpectedly or didn't pay me one month unexpected or something happened like that, it puts them in a really risky position. And so just having an additional revenue stream that's not tied to right. these big clients or, th you know, things like that, that, that's a common reason that we hear. Yeah. So that's what I'm More addressing. More predictable here. cash flow. Yeah. Like, is that a good reason for you if you want to diversify revenue streams? Is an online course the only way to do that? No, there's lots of ways to do that. Um, that is one way to do it. But like more predictable cash flow, this is a way to diversify and get a more predictable cash flow. Right. Talk about that more because that Oof. was your Yeah, that was my contribution. Um, I just, I honestly, I don't have much more to add than what you just said. I think there are a lot of business models out there that are predicated on these big boomer bust type clients where it's like I get this project and I work it and then the project ends and no now I got to start marketing again and it's like these terrible roller coaster of cycles to try and like manage your cash flow and pay your contractors and pay your employees and make sure you have enough money to sustain and making enough money to be happy where you would have a lot you could focus I think in the end, most businesses, most business owners are really good hearted and good people and they truly want to provide the most value they can to their clients for like the most affordable rate. But they get stuck in this cycle of having to spend a lot of their time marketing and managing billing and managing all these other things that are not value adds to their customers. And an online course allows you to sort of automate all that stuff where you aren't necessarily having to deal with billing all the time you marketing is a lot more consistent and you know well, like for your online course for your online course not for the rest of right your business. not for you the rest of your business that. and don't get me wrong it's a lot of work mm -hmm. but it's like once you make one sale it's if you have a subscription that sale is going to keep you for a while and if Again, you don't have a subscription still like you can you can sort of see how marketing affects sales and marketing affects production in a lot more tangible tangible and uh, there's a lot of a stronger correlation right the correlation like between the two and the sales you get right it's where it's a lot more it feels a lot more random mm -hmm. in these word of mouth or, yeah you know right Right. Yeah, I think so. But uh, point being, you can focus a lot more of your energy on providing more value to your customer and helping them out more, because you're not having to focus on these non-value creating um, aspects of your business. Right. So I think one good reason 
uh, a good star to follow is to maybe because of coronavirus or maybe just because you've been heading there anyway, you want to change up your business, business, your bid, business. your bid to model. You want to change up your business model and you want to diversify your cash flow and maybe create some more predictability and, and consistency mm-hmm. in your cash flow. I mm-hmm. think that's a great reason. If that's what you're thinking, if you're sitting there going like, yeah, that that's what I need to do. And then maybe an online course is a good reason to do that. Maybe, right. Or maybe it's a good way to accomplish that goal. So just start now and then, uh, you know, in what, three to four weeks? Yeah, you should be. Yeah, you should be up and running. You should be good to go. You should be all diversified and predictable. <laughs> no. How so, long does it take? Let's jump into that topic well, for a minute. Well, let's just switch over to a bad reason. Okay. To create an online course is that it's a quick dash to cash. If you're like, man, right. I'm just, my business sucks and I really need some more money, I'll create an online course and then I'll be, I, I can right. start making more money no. that way. And it's quick and. You know, you just have to like put something together and throw it online and yeah, um, this is false. This is a false premise. Yeah, no, they take a long, long time to build a lot longer than you think. Mm-hmm. We were talking earlier. It's kind of like a, not fully the 80-20 rule, but close to the 80-20 rule because like once you're, when you think you're about 80% done with an online course, it's that last 20% that's really 80% of your time. That was probably hard to follow just in an right. audio. Have you ever also noticed just like all how differently the 80-20 rule is used? It's used to just in a lot of different contexts. I know. It's really interesting. And But it's like different things too. It's like 80% of your marketing or like 80% of your time goes to 20% of your revenue. Right. Stuff like that. So yeah. that's one. And then like. 80, oh, it's not just a business thing. I mean, it, it works in, the... we were talking about like viruses and stuff, coronavirus. I mean, it works yeah. in like, every aspect of it. Um, yeah, it really but is. No, I think, I mean, so what you're saying is once you feel like you've done 80% of the work of doing your course, of your mm-hmm. course, like your course is 80% complete, you've probably got at least that as much time as you've already put into it, at least that much more again, probably more than that to get right. that last 20% right. of your course done and launched. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it takes a while to put it all together. There's a lot of things you need to think through. There's always, there's way more thought around like the user experience than you think about like when someone signs up, how do they get their receipt? How do they get their welcome email? Does Mm -hmm. their welcome email contain their password and username that they had? Are you worried about any privacy concerns, emailing those who holds that? What system are you going to use? Yeah. I mean, all the things, all the things. Um, so let's short and long end from the time someone has the idea. I think I might want to create an online course mm-hmm. to the time they have one launched. What's the short end? Well, and obviously there's varying degrees of like, what do I mean by an online course? Do I mean, you know, right. some really high production quality, like six month program that, you know, or is it more of like a 10 minute like tutorial? There's a lot of variability there. Um, so I'm going to answer my own question so that. It's answered in the way that I want it to be answered oh, as good, opposed good, to like good. taking a risk on you answering it the wrong way. That would be weird. Um, I think that, <laughs> sorry, I think <laughs> that on the very short end, it might, you might could get something up and running in a month if it's like a small thing. Uh, See, so you, I think it's, I think you, you could. say that. I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I think, again, you're I talking in this the theoretical reality. I think they which, should be able to do it in a week. There are people who are like, I should be able to put this together in a week and get it done. And it's going to be at least a month. Even if like 
Okay, fine. Uh, You're yeah. right. I mean, we've never seen it done in a month. No, every, people say that, and we've told people that. Like, they're like, "I'm, uh, I'm willing to work. I'm willing yeah, to push on." Yeah, we did hers really quickly, and Christy. Do you remember? She did. Yeah, Christy? she did. Do hers, hers was what quick. two months? I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, it was about two months. And she already had most of her content. Like the videos were already recorded, right. if I remember correctly. Because it's not the thing is, it's not just the work. You got to realize as you're building an online course. Like, sure, there's like technical work of setting up your program and like how to all what I was just talking about, how do all these funnels work and the integrations and making all that. That's fine. You can knock that out. Actually, not that bad, like, pretty quick. But once you put your content online, you start to realize, oh, there's better and different ways that I need to approach this based mm -hmm. on an online learning user experience. Right. And you don't have that. You don't understand those things while like sitting down in a meeting or while you're doing it. You understand those things like you wake up in the middle of the night or you're showering or you're driving, you know, your kids to school or something and you think about something and you're like, ah, right. actually, that's not the way to do it. So you have to give yourself time and space to really think about this online course as you're developing. It's right. not necessarily it's going to take you the full two months to develop it, but you need like weeks, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a month to like, Think about how these things interplay and work together. Right. So yeah, I think you're, I think okay. So I'm revising. On the short end, I think from the time you have the idea, I want to create an online course, to the time you have something, and I'm talking like an MVP of like a pretty minimum viable a, product, a minimum viable product of a pretty bite-sized, like not dense, low production quality course. Three months. Right. Probably. I'd say that that is the minimum. That's yeah. That's. The minimum, if you've never done this before, that is the minimum you should have in your head. Yeah, the very minimum. And realistically, probably more like four to six months. Um, right. For reference, we, this is our job. We do this mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and we've done it, you know, we, we have like some systems and efficiencies built around it. We just finished a pretty high, like a pretty high production quality I think it ended up being about an hour's worth of film mm -hmm. content, but you know, like 11 lessons canned course um and it was about it was a six-month project and that was a rushed project right like it was on a rush order more or less right so and it's a great course it's a great i'm really course. excited about it really pleased with how it would how it came out ideally i think we usually like to have eight or nine months for something like that we can do it in six right. months i mean for us it's more just we have but i mean yeah that, well. that course is like we but, had to fly out there and do filming and then post-production filming and we were working around but contractor if you want like a really well done course and you're planning on pulling in some professionals to help you with the production quality to help you with design quality right to help you design your platform that you're going to have like all of that kind of stuff that's probably i mean six months six to six to nine yeah. months is probably a good right timeline um and again it all depends on you know which route you want to go in terms of production in terms of like where you're hosting how all these different there's a million variables right but i think no matter what you're doing from the time you have the idea to even if it's super low production quality you're going to do it all yourself you should plan on like about three months from the time you have your idea to the time you have something that you can put a for sale sticker on and have someone right. go through and purchase um and most people honestly it's it's usually like the answer i feel like we get most often when we're like well what's your timeline for this it's usually something like three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's hoof. Yeah. Those are rough. Um, what is your process 
for our process, Otis's process for like, like building a course. Oh, geez. Well, I know that's a big question. Yeah, it is. It does depend on where that person is at in the content development. Like if mm-hmm. you've taught this a million times before in roughly the same form, like you've already have it broken up into modules and lessons and you know exactly what you want them to be, that can speed the process up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one part of the process that I think is the most variable is just like, depending on where the content creator, the expert in this case, um, that, and that's not us. We don't, we don't build our own nope. content. We build nope. other people's content who have really brilliant things to say and share with the world. Um, so depending on where they're at and developing their curriculum for the course, that's the one, like to me, the biggest variable in all right. of this in terms of timeline. So the first thing that you do is I would say like, br- if you haven't already broken this into pretty structured curriculum, brain dump all your content, everything you think should be included in this course. And then you want to go through and kind of organize it into like, how should people go through it? Where are the places where we might want like an exercise or a worksheet? Where are the places people get stuck? Where do we maybe need some interaction? Is there an in-person component to the, you know, designing the learning experience is what I call that. So like, as you're designing the curriculum, you kind of want to get your curriculum designed and then you want to go through and design the learning experience. So design your curriculum, design your learning experience, and then the we want to talk about the technical implementation right. and then we go into production and then we go into post edit and then we go into kind of like sewing it all together and beta testing beta and then from there we beta test then we usually do a soft launch and then we usually do a full launch and that's not talking about any of the marketing that's yeah. just the production of the actual course right that's just building it out and one thing that you know, was I heard that was inherent in what you said that we try and help people do is as quickly as you can build that first, like, I'm not even going to call it a minimum viable product in MVP because it would just be for you, but like sketch out, put it, try and get it onto like a website or Or just like Google docs or something just so you can see, see the content on a computer. I think that's really important is to like see the content on a computer and go through it as a student would, because that's when you're getting your first sort of understanding of what is an online course? How, how does this work? How do people experience this? What sometimes you might want to look at it on mobile, check it out, check it out on mobile. How, when do you think about it? What would be good? Like it's all those types of questions that is important to start to get locked in if you can lock them in earlier in the process, you're going to have a much better end result. Right. And so, and that's so, and you're touching on an important point, which the most important thing about taking things that you've normally done in person and putting them online isn't necessarily the tech, technical implementation of it. That is, you know, kind of a critical component. Right. And, and to be fair, it's the most scary component because a lot of people, it's, they've taught it before, they know it, but technology is scary right. to people. And I think because that's so scary and that's what you kind of spend your your energy like focusing on and worrying about, a lot of people overlook the how you create a learning experience for a virtual audience. Like mm-hmm. what is the difference in how you have been doing this and how someone's going to experience it virtually via computer or phone or however they're interacting right. with it. Um, that's the part that I think most people haven't given enough thought to and that we do spend a lot of time trying to help people think through and go back and figure out, yeah, you know, all the different things. And what are the technical solutions to these problems? You know, 
There's a right. lot of different ways to solve some of the problems that come up with trying to create a virtual learning experience. There's right. like chat boxes and, you know, like Facebook page groups and virtual video. Chat. There's just like, you know, graphics, infographics, video. Like there's just a million ways that you can solve. Mm -hmm. And I won't even call them problems, but that you can enhance the learning experience and right. make sure that someone's getting the most that they can out of right. this course. And that's really what we spend a lot of our energy trying to help people think through. Yes, like, we do. The technical implementation can't, although there is a lot of options, once you figure out what the best learning experience is, it's a little bit more straightforward. Right. And it's just a matter and of finding someone who has that skill I set. I will say, and, like, you want to find a technical implementation on that subject that is able to be most flexible because things will change. You don't want this, like... Especially when you're first getting started. Especially when you're first getting started. A, lot of, a big mistake that I see a lot of people doing is over-focusing on like the perfect design. While design, I think design is super important, over-focusing on that creates a rigidity in your course that you aren't able to go in and edit and change and be in flex with like the, right. the, the feedback you're right. getting. Because once students. you actually launch your course, the first three to six months, usually after the first three to six months, we recommend that you be willing to go in and change a lot of things because you'll get feedback. Right. You'll get feedback from the first however many people who have gone through it and that and you won't have ever thought of it before and you'll be right. like, like so oh yeah sense. i need to add this i need to do that right. so you want to use a system kajabi thinkific member space like one of these systems and don't don't over engineer it mm -hmm. what's another good reason do you want me to say because i have my notes say, pulled up because i didn't have my notes pulled up <laughs> oh ren what's another good reason to build an online course oh thank you for asking well um so i think another reason that and this is probably partially the industries that we work in a lot, mm -hmm. but a reason that people have often that they want to create online courses and programs for us is to um, differentiate them and be a value add to things that they're already providing. And I think this is interesting because I think a lot of people assume that if you're going to build an online course, it's because you want to be selling some like online canned course for, you know, $50 pop or $200 mm -hmm. pop or mm -hmm. whatever it is. And that's how you're going to sell it. A lot of people that we work with, actually, it's more that they want to have a virtual component to things that they're already doing in person. And the right. reasons you might want to have that might not be so that you can sell it one off. It might be so that, you know, you stand that's out from the competition a little bit more. Yeah. Or you can't be in person. Right. Exactly. Like all of a sudden. Right. Also, the perceived value add of having online resources. Right. I think is really large. Um, I think it's the perceived value is in my opinion, greater than the actual value most of the time. Right. And the way that we see this play out, I think there's a lot of ways it could, but is a lot of our clients are consultants or um, coaches, you know, like right. they provide professional Coaching, services. Yeah, professional services, basically. And their, their customer is a business. Like they uh -huh. provide B2B business consulting services. Right. And so if you go and you're pitching them on this like program that's going to make their business better and you say, also, we have an online platform that your employees will get access to. We'll give them their own unique login code and we have our content in it that they can go through and mm -hmm. access and how structured that is depends on you. But just the idea that there's like an online virtual component that, that their employees would get access to tends to be a really high perceived value add. Right. So it can really help you stand out. Um, as a service provider. Right. And and that's not to say you can't charge for that for those companies. You can, a lot of times you can charge and yeah. companies will pay for that. Um, but I think the 
point Ren's getting at, which I totally agree, is if a company's looking at two contracts for their professional service provider and one contract has an online component and the other doesn't and it's priced the same, they'll probably go with the one that has the online component. And remember, another huge reason to do online courses is that people signing up for your online course, people signing up for your subscription, whatever it is, it is marginally more work for you. Just just a tiny bit. It's not a lot more. If you've structured it the right way, if you've built it the right way, it's not it. a lot more work for you. It's a huge upfront investment, but it's not a lot of ongoing investment. So you can get that added value for essentially pennies on the dollar and maybe get more contracts or... Right. It also like makes you look cool and hip. Cool hip and With hip. the jive if you're hey. like... It's like, oh, we have a virtual... Hey, yeah, and we ride skateboards and have yeah. backwards hats. And... Yeah. I mean, it. If now I will say, if you're like going to pitch to Silicon Valley, don't try that <laughs> tactic. No. Because, no. you know, they right. actually are cool and hip with the jive. Um, well. But it does, I do think it just, it also kind of either gives the impression or conveys the message, which is hopefully a true one, that you um, are relevant and like keeping up with the times and right. like care about providing relevant content and making your things accessible to people so that they can access them in a way that makes sense, you know, right. It does do that. So I think that's a good reason. I think that's a good. The, yeah. I mean, the value add is huge. Okay. Well, what about, is there, and I know I'm just sort of putting you on the spot. Is there a comparison for people that necessarily aren't service providers? So what would be the value add to a company like Crescent Builds? A, a like yeah um I did, so crescent builds who is, is crescent a builds? Yeah. Uh, design build firm they <laughs> residential construction yeah. um they do a little bit on the design side and a lot on the build side i think beautiful stuff beautiful they do crescentbuilds.com check them out we built their website too i love exactly. their website i love their new website um yeah they do a really good job so i think for them part of the value add is like you wouldn't necessarily charge someone for this but if you have an online resource bank of like design inspiration mm. that customers or potential customers maybe it's maybe it's just a marketing thing and it's right. more like to get people interested and in say like seeing your work and getting inspired by your design maybe it's a value add for your current customers and saying hey when you work with us we give you access to like this bank of like really high-end design things yeah. that we've done in the past for you to like flip through and pick out for your home. Um, right. Maybe it's like a, you know, we also give you access to our like guide on like walking through the build, like how to manage the your building project process. well, right. like, how to stay yeah. on what to time with yeah. you. Right. Like what to expect going through this. And it's not necessarily, you know, these are all things that you're going to do in person too when you're, that, right. they, you know, their, their jobs are a substantial price point. That, yeah. Um, well, that's a, you just brought up a really good point, though, is that another just added benefit to building an online course and or just putting your thoughts online even is it helps structure – for most entrepreneurs, for most business owners, we're pretty creative and like new thinking and what comes along with that is a scatterbrainedness to Oftentimes. yourself. Oftentimes, we're kind of scatterbrained. And so it's great for starting businesses because you have to be creative and like do new things and be willing to jump outside your comfort zone and do different stuff. It's, 
it's a tough skill set for scaling businesses. And what online courses does is it helps focus you and say, okay, right. this is the process that I go through whenever I onboard a new client is I give them this information, then I teach them this, and then I do that. Or this is whenever I teach someone my material, this is the process I go through. It helps entrepreneurs sort of, sort of structure their learning in a way and think about it more deeply and critically than they would otherwise because they're good at doing it in person. They can do it in person, right. but this helps gives a little more structure to what they do. Right. And back to that perceived value add, I think even for, I mean, they're more of a B2C right. crescent builds again, um, but it does give this perceived value of like, wow, these people have put a lot of thought and intention right. around like what they do. And they've, they've created these awesome online resources that they're, that you know, I have access to, or that it's part of, they're giving to us for free. They're giving to us for free. Yeah. And even though like all of that information are things that I'm sure they're going to be talking to people about one-on-one anyway, it just makes you, it like elevates the level of care that you're putting into your business and into your customer interactions, I think. Right. Well, the, the other reason I like it is because you have people that are buying your product and your product isn't necessarily an online course and so and you know i'm all about like engineer iterate feedback improve iterate feedback improve um it gives you some people that are buying something that's tangential to your online course it's not necessarily your online course but you can start to get feedback from them and then after time you have this online course that has been developed based on a lot of real world user feedback and then you have something you can sell B to C. You can you don't have to necessarily sell this just in big B to B contracts with that you're selling to big corporate, you know, right. companies. It can be a good you way can, to get right. Started. It's a good way to just get your foot in the door with building an online course and then maybe like six months, a year after launch, you have this really great product that you know works, you have validation and you've iterated over it that you can sell it B2C and you can sell it to this much larger base, this much larger marketing base. And again, diversify. It's like this big feedback loop. You can start to diversify your income more and then your course gets better. Right. Are we... That, yeah, I'm done. I'm Can't, done on my rant. Are we, are we done with that one? Okay. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm so, I'm sorry I bothered you <laughs> with that rant. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up for the rest of the podcast. If you can just sit quietly in just, your corner. Hey, stop stop talking. Uh, a bad reason. Oh, what's a bad reason? South Star. Uh, <laughs> this is like my favorite. Bad reason? Your favorite My favorite Death reason star? to hate, you know? Yeah. Um, make money in your sleep. If you just want to make money in your sleep without having to do a lot of work. People that make money in their sleep only sleep like two hours a night. Right. And, so, and they're working the other 22 hours a, night, a day. Right. So making... just be aware of that. If that's what you want, that's great. But you're not getting a lot of sleep. You don't see your family. You don't get to enjoy things. Right. No, that's I'm being way too critical. You yeah, can no, get there, I was say, I but think it's not a north star. I think that's is not our a point. good reason. It's not a good reason to build an online course. Right. It is a feasible thing that you could get to the point where you know you've created, you've put a ton of time and a ton of investment and a ton of right. probably money and energy for sure into creating these really valuable online resources that you know, yeah, while you're sleeping someone could potentially purchase and then you wake up with 30 more dollars right. in your bank account than you went to sleep with um and and it, well, it actually can be 
more than like you can get to a point where it's feasible that you are making automated revenue. Right. We've seen that happen. You can get there. It's not a good reason though. No. Like to me, and, it's not a compelling reason because. Right. And honestly, I don't even want to pander to our, our massive, huge audience. I don't want to pander yeah. to them and be like, shout out to Lisa and Drip. Yeah, go my parents. Um, because I think the people that are that would listen to this and know us and have put up with however long, 45 minutes of us ranting, 48 minutes of us ranting so far, they aren't the people that would necessarily be caught up in these, hey, make money in your sleep. Oh, quick, quick, quick. Buy now, buy now. These big right. marketing schemes. I don't think. How to make a billion dollars a year. How to make a billion dollars a year. five minutes a day. Yeah. With and toe also socks. lose 10 pounds. Toe sucks. Sucks. But for your toes. Just your toes. Just your toes. <laughs> That's like, our new business idea. That's like, here's what I've decided. Here's how we're going to do that. You know, fingerless gloves? Yes. So. Wait, what? There's finger. They make fingerless gloves. Like oh. gloves that. And so we'll just hands. take the fingers. Yeah. When they cut, cut the off fingers, the fingers, I'm assuming that's just waste. They probably just throw right. that away. So we could take the fingers. So, and... okay. Well, let's, we want to bring our people along. We're, we're creating toeless socks or toe socks. Toe These socks. aren't like socks that go up to your ankles or, you know, go up to your knees. No, they're however not, you wear they're not toe socks, socks in the way where like socks with individual with toe inserts. Toe no, they are literally, sections. they are just long enough to cover your toe. No right. more. And so we'd sell them in packets of 10. Right. Well, maybe like 12. Maybe 12, just in case, in case you're, in case you have that. And that is fine. If you have six toes on each foot. Or if you just like lose one. (laughs) Well, then we could sell less. Well, like not a toe. Oh, oh, you lose a. (laughs) (laughs) Or, (laughs) yeah. So if you lose, if you lose one of the toe socks. Yeah, we're packaging 10. Right, 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 right. Good call. So we'll give you 13. So we'll give you 13. Not in case you have 13 toes, but in case you lose, you lose three, a couple. You right. still have 10. Yeah. So, so that's our new business idea that we're going to bring into hopefully every podcast from now on. We're going to trick all of these suckers into creating online but courses. You can't, you can't make money in your sleep selling toe socks. The right. toe socks inventor has put a lot of time and effort and work into his business mm-hmm. and same thing with online courses like but no I, I don't think anyone listening to this would be swayed by one of those right. marketing things so I, I don't necessarily want to um I, 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 I want to take that thought one step deeper I want to take that thought one step deeper of okay. like I want to make money in my sleep because I think most people most reasonable business people realize that's not a reality right. I can't make money in my sleep but there is this without ex- doing a lot of work when I'm awake right but there is this expectation that like eventually I like this is and I think it's more on the timeline. I eventually I'm just going to be I will start to automate this and people all over the world will still start to buy it and I can work less hard, which again, I want to affirm that is a reality. And that's one of the coolest parts about building an online course. Right. If like you've done the marketing, you'll get sales from like New Zealand and India and Germany. And and it is really cool seeing that. That's actually really fun. Um, But it's, it's because you've put a lot of work into your marketing. Like it isn't. And because you have a great quality. And because you have a great quality quality content that people are wanting. And (laughs) it doesn't happen overnight. It usually happens. Like if you do have that great quality course, 
it usually takes about a year to get there. Right. It takes about it's a year to get there. It's more that the motive, like when I hear, and we do have people, I can't think of any that we've actually ended up working with, but we've had people who we've talked to just in like discovery sessions who, mm-hmm. I don't know that they've said the words like, yeah, I want to make money in my sleep. But, right. but what we get out of the conversation is like, oh, you're looking to like work less and you think this is a way right. that you can work right, less right, right, right. I think and that's, make that's more it. money. And that's just not a good mindset to go into it with because up front it's going to be a lot. That's not just a good business mindset either. I mean, this is just like a basic fundamental business business. principle. You're not, don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Do the work. Right. And well, more importantly, it will take work. Like whether you want it to or not, it will take work. That's just a fact of life. It's going to take work. Right. And so love what you do. Like that's the key is like to only do stuff you're you are convicted about and that you love doing because that's that's what's going to get you through like a lot of these hard times mm-hmm. where it's like damn I've been working on this for 6 9 months and I'm still struggling like Which, have have the confidence to know it's a good idea you have something to share but it it takes work which dovetails so nicely into probably like the best reason that mm. I think there is Our brightest north star the brightest north star of all the the Mm. most pry of all the priorities Ooh, most pre and most prior 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 is like before yeah we've totally messed this up don't tell the audience we'll cut this out okay um is the but really i think the best reason the most compelling reason to start creating online content to share with other people is to share with other people. It's right. because you have something that you are really good at. You have a skill set and expertise. You have experience. You have knowledge that you've developed over the course of like doing whatever mm. it is you do in your life. And you've helped people with it. And you've been validated that it is helpful and useful and it can help, you know, improve someone's health or business or relationships or life or and, whatever it is. And now you want to share that. And, and you've you, been validated by someone who doesn't eternally love you. Right. Like your mother said, like wait, your let's mother come back or to your that. Spouse. Okay. Let's come back to that. Cause that's our, yeah. Because that is so that. not fair. Don't put your spouse, don't put your mother into a position where they have to be honest with you about their stuff. Please don't. They, it's not they good love for your relationship. It's not good for the relationship. But if you have been validated by other Don't ever people, go into business with a spouse. It's the worst thing you could ever do for your it's marriage and your business and just generally your <laughs> life. So for anyone who doesn't know we're married and you know what another bad idea is? Living in a tiny home together. This is not a tiny home, I'm babe. talking about our Airstream. This is a big oh. home. We've got like... About, I thought you were about to complain on live podcast. No, no, no. No. I love a our home. beautiful home. Um, Gosh, I'm totally sidetracked. Oh, s- scaling and sharing and making the world <laughs> a better place. Right. That actually is a good reason, I think. I right. think if that's your motivation, like when people come to me and I'm like, tell me why you want to... Like, what's your reason for wanting to create an online course? And what I can pull out of them is this desire to take what they've learned and share it. And it's usually not as altruistic as like, I just want to share my knowledge with the world. It usually what it comes across at, or usually what I hear is something along the lines of, I'm really good at what I do. I have a lot of people who approach me and want some of my time or want some of my help, but they can't afford it. Right. And I can't really afford to give up my time for free or at a price point that they could afford because I need to be running my business and Mm -hmm. growing my business. But I do want to find a way to help these people. Right. So how can I help these people? How can I help more people like them have access to all the things I do know that are super valuable without using a ton of my time? Right. And that that is, that is a the great epitome reason. 
of what I think is beautiful like, about business. Ding, it's ding, it's still like, I, I can't just do this for free. Right. I'm not a charity. Like I, I need to be, I have to do this at a place where I get some benefit because mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I, I have real considerations in my life for family to support, whatever. However, I want to help these people. Like I truly, in my heart of hearts, I want to help someone. Right. And so I want to find a way to support them. You want to help and you know that what you have is helpful. You know that you can right. help. I think that mm-hmm. is sort of the crux is like, you know that you have the ability to help someone, but you also know that that someone doesn't have access to you either because the price is prohibitive location wise. They would never be able to like meet with you or come at, you know, location could be prohibitive just, you know, so their time, maybe they, right. maybe what you offer is like a, a deep dive 12 month, like in-person coaching thing. And, a lot of people can't commit. They can't commit months. to that or, but maybe, or what that would cost. They can't afford that. Right. And so what I'll say and the caveat here is like, obviously, anything you're giving someone for free online is not as valuable as what you're selling right. at a high price point to someone. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna rewind this real quick and okay. have you say <laughs> Toe socks. <laughs> okay. Oh, too far. Too far. Go back. Okay. <laughs> anything you're giving to someone online is not as valuable as it is in person. That I think right. hear that. And we don't hear think that. that either. We don't think that. No we don't one believes that. that. That's a trash opinion. And if you right. think that, you're a trash person. Right. The end. Bye. See ya. You, you trash people. Otis out. Right. No. Okay, sorry. It's <laughs> too much. We said we weren't going to be mean. I know. That was really sorry. mean. I'm sorry. Um, no, but I, I do think a lot of, so some of the pushback we often hear to online, to creating online courses, I just don't think I can create the same value online as I can working with someone in person. And you let can't. me validate that. You're absolutely right. You right. cannot. You cannot. Um, until, you know, we've figured out how to create the human spirit and soul through right. AI, which, you know, I don't think we're going to do. Um, you won't be able to. And again, you're, you're not, I don't know what <laughs> the... Since we tried our first version of the podcast, I'm getting lost and if we've said this or not. But you're creating another business. Like an online course is like a totally new business here. It's not it, – you're not tweaking your current business model. Don't think about it that way. The, the benefit of an online course is you have a very repeatable product that you can sell to a lot of people without – your any time. extra work on your end or without little as much as much work on your end. Yeah. much more scalable right much more scalable that is the purpose and that's a totally different business model right. don't convolute the two you're, you're now, starting I mean, they a new can business. work in harmony they can, can work it, in harmony. i don't know i hear what you're you saying you don't have to kill one business right. to start the other i don't hear that right but realize it is it's, it's like a new division of your it's business. like a new division of your business Right. right. And that's, so I think that's a really important thing to realize is, you know, you don't solve the problem of people want what I have, but they can't afford it. So I'll just create an online course. And then it's basically the, you know, they're what getting I'm doing the same thing as what I'm giving right. to people in person. Uh-uh. That's not true. But it is like a way that you can offer something to people. You can give them a taste. And, you know, I think the best benefit is that you are like, to me, like just making the world a better place, honestly, and sharing right. expertise and helping people reach their goals a little bit faster and a little bit, um, you know, more efficiently than if right. they hadn't ever found your content online. The other thing that happens oftentimes is it does turn into marketing for you. Someone that 
probably would have never made the commitment to reach out and buy your expensive product might buy an entry level online offering and go, wow, this is so good. And then maybe six months from now, when they're a little bit further along, they're like, ah, that person had really great content. And now I'm ready to buy their really expensive in-person thing. It might happen that way, but that... Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There is a marketing plan. But but my bigger point is like, if you have the funds, if you are lucky enough, blessed enough, whatever you want to call it, to have the funds... Hashtag blessed. To have the funds to start a new business and invest in a new business, you have to realize, or invest in an online course, you have to realize you're almost investing in like a totally new business. So there's going to be a big upfront startup cost. The long-term like return is great. So it's, it's worth it, in my opinion, if you do it the right way. But it is that. And if you don't have the funds to do that, it's going to just require your time and realize you're going to be have to you're going to have to continue to run your current business while also starting a new business. That mm-hmm. is how you should look at it. That's the most clear way I've found to describe what it's like creating an online course. Yep, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, I just want to like hit that point one more time. To mm-hmm. me, the best reason to create an online course is if you have something really valuable that you know is really valuable that you think can help people and you're trying to find a way to make it more accessible to more people. Not to totally replicate mm-hmm the value that you already are able to create through whatever it is you're already doing, whether it's in person or one-on-one or, you know, these, whatever it is that you've been doing, but you want to be able to get it into the hands of more people who wouldn't have access. It's an accessibility thing to me. It's increasing accessibility to expertise. And if you are an expert and you have that expertise and you're looking for a way to, you know, share it with people, online content, online courses, programs, education, resource library, right. whatever that is. That's your North Star. To me, yeah. that is the most compelling reason right. to do what you're doing. Right. To make an online And course. if you're, I don't want to say a good business person, if you have business philosophies and principles instilled in you, then you will be able to create a great business out of it. You will, it, it won't be, some just piddly little thing where I'm just like giving away a couple copies. Like if you have good business principles and practices, you'll create an amazing business that scales awesome and can get in front of and have a huge impact all around the world. That's like what every, I think sort of modern I use in quotes, like business owner wants one that's super profitable and like, like impacts people throughout the whole world. And you can do that with online courses, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's it's a, a huge huge amount of work. Right. Yeah. Anything worth having? Right. It's worth working for. It's worth working for. As it for. turns out. Um and I think that brings me to the last really bad reason mm. to start an online course, which is really like the same different side of the same coin. Like the other side of the you are an expert and uh. you just have really valuable things that you want to share with people and you want to make it accessible. The flip side of that coin is you have to talk. You love talking. And you have a lot of opinions. You have a lot of opinions. And honestly, you know, it's weird because it, I don't want to say if you're good at talking because there are a lot of people that are good at talking that should be teaching and have stuff to share. But I think the mentality behind it is important. You're not sharing something because you have something to share. You're sharing something because you know someone out there has told you that they want to hear it. I think that's 
that might not be exactly what I'm trying to say, but that's closer. I'm trying to shift the intention from yourself, from an internal intention to an external intention. Right. So like, I feel like I have really good opinions is a bad reason to that's make an, an online internal course. Intention. That's an right. internally driven thing. People have told me that I have really helped them. I have seen the results of like me helping people impact right. them. Like those are externally driven. That's right. When people come to you and are saying, this is so helpful. How could I get this into the hands of more yeah, people? I want, I want, I want to, to share this with my brother. How could he have access? You know, whatever it is. Right. Um, that's a good reason. I think we do. Oh, gosh. I or, mean, this I is mean, the whole problem with our industry, right? Like, and honestly, I right. include this in here because I want to vent about it and I don't, it frustrates me. Right. To no okay. Way. Break. Now we are venting. Now for, we're venting. We're going to vent for a minute. Um, these dumb people who want to make toe socks. No. Oh, uh, toe sock. The old toe the sock old industry. Toe uh, no, we do because we are in the. <laughs> don't be a toe sock. <laughs> because we're in the online course creation industry, we get approached by a lot of people who are in the, uh, like, how do I say this? Um, Just like they're in the industry where they think they should get paid for their opinions without having something to back that up, without having the experience. The, well, the, and even if you have experience, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're good at helping other people to do that thing as mm -hmm. well. That takes a we're, lot. We're of, talking too ambiguously. Let's try and narrow this down. For um, some so, people. I mean, I will say, like, I see a lot of ads online for like, like a twenty-five-year-old who's like, you know, it, it, like empower your soul to make money by building a spiritual business that will save the world, and it's just yeah. bullshit. Like, honestly, we're just encountered. We encounter a lot of just really bullshit, bullshit. ideas that people want to make money off of they're like i have this idea that like you know yeah this is how the world should be and i want to teach people about my idea that this is how the world should be right and and but without the experience to back it without up. the experience without anything tangible to really offer people um and we don't work with those people we say thank you but no thank you no, when they yeah. want to hire us to build their whatever it is that they're trying to do but i do think I, and again like this is probably a bad thing. This is probably not a good point to include in the bad reasons for starting an online course because these people are not self-aware. Like, uh -uh. They're not aware that their ideas are mm -mm. not that valuable to anyone. Um, but there but is a... let's, let's take the position that these are, these are well-meaning yeah. people. So if you're a well-meaning so person. How, how, did, how did they fall into that spot where they did that? Let's take the intention that these are good people that just got trapped by the the yeah. realities of a business mm -hmm. where like i gotta make money i gotta do these things how did they get to that point to to be trapped in their business no how did they get to that point where they're selling something that oh because they're good salespeople. i mean oh. i think a lot of these people are good salespeople, and they're able to like one-on-one -on -one, when you have a conversation with someone convince them that like this is exactly what you need and i'm gonna help you Right. X, become the next better version of yourself, become a better leader, become a better, you know, wife, become a better right. partner, become a better yoga so, person. Well, yoga is different. It's pretty tactical. But yeah. If, if you aren't a good salesperson, take heart. Take heart. 
you if you if you're continuing to believe you have an idea worth sharing and you need to put it out there and this this is helping people you just don't really know how and it kind of makes you uncomfortable mm -hmm. like your your stuff is needed out there right your your content is needed out there and it's going to take some time to tweak it and get it all in the right place but right your stuff is needed out there if you are a good salesperson be aware that your sales I'm not going to say like all good salespeople have don't have good stuff to share. No, I think so they do. Great stuff. Great stuff. But just be aware of your strengths and your weaknesses. Your strength is selling, but a weakness would be you might be selling stuff that people aren't finding great value out of and you're that people you're, aren't asking for. That people aren't asking for, but you're also damaging your long-term like ability to grow your business. You're damaging the one thing that a great online business has is right. this repeatability in customers, this repeatability in sales. Like that is the reason to build an online course is because you can scale it. But if you can't get repeating customers, you can't get repeating sales. If you have to go and do like an in-person sales pitch every single time you've just destroyed you've the purpose. That kind of personality that people, right. You know, whatever. Right. And you know, this is a topic that I think I'm like internally wrestling with a lot right now with our bit. Like, uh, and so it's probably going to come up again in the podcast. And at some point I'm going to have to create more um, like clarity around how I can express my feelings on it. Sure. Cause I'm not there yet, but I will just say it's very frustrating when people who hmm, it's very frustrating to be consistently approached by people and asked to help build something that I just don't think is creating any value in the world. Mm. Um, and, and that no one's asking for more importantly. Why does that frustrate you? Well, I don't want to get, this is not a therapy session. It's a podcast. So. Well, I'm just asking. Uh, it frustrates me because it's, it's, there's no, you know, I got into this business because I did want to make really high quality knowledge. I wanted to find people who had expertise, who had really valuable things to say that people needed and bridge that gap between here's the expertise and the information and the knowledge that people need. And we can use the internet to get it to these people who wouldn't have access to it right. otherwise accessibility it right but accessibility to what and right. i think that's, so that, the problem. that's why you got into it right and i think what i've realized is a lot of people yeah accessibility they want people to be able to access them in their content but there's like a quality issue <laughs> right and and so, also there's there's this thing happening in the world where because of the internet like everyone has a platform and everyone has something to say and i think we have a bit of like, like an a pollution of ideas right now right there's a lot of people sharing a lot of ideas out there and not all of them are that helpful and it kind of just detracts from the stuff that is really good and helpful and makes it harder to find. Can can I say something that I will give you full permission to remove from this podcast if you want? Sure. Since we're talking. It sounds like you hate, don't hate, but you're pretty down on these salespeople because you yourself are a good salesperson and you had this idea of the business you wanted to create, but due to the realities of like financial constraints and creating a business that made money, you had to make sacrifices that you aren't proud of in the way we sell, what we sell. Not, not necessarily like you're not proud of them, like we did anything unethical, but you're just not happy in the direction our business has turned. And so... 
that's now interesting. you're that's interesting. sort of putting that on other salespeople. Like, don't do this thing. Not necessarily you're down on them, but it's more well, like, don't do this thing I did. Th you don't do this thing I did. Right. You're always most critical in others of the thing that you like least about yourself. The things right. that you're most, most afraid of in yourself, really. And next week, we will be talking about dogs and flowers. What are they really thinking? What are dogs really thinking? This Do they really little... want toe socks? <laughs> Is anyone asking for toe socks? Is anyone asking for toe socks? This was a little We deeper. have to call it something besides toe socks because that intones like... I know, I know. Socks with... Sock toes? toes? I think toe slippers. Toe slips. Toe slips. Toe slips. Maybe. So best reason to build an online course because you really want to share really high quality information with the world and give people access to it. Some right. bad reasons we've already covered. And I think, so yeah. here are the other things that we're going to talk about in the next episodes, just so people have something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to leave them without like right. a light. Give them a light. To man. guide them. Give them a light. People want to light. To the next episode. A North uh, Star, if you will. No, now you're, okay. Another North Star, which we used to be using to mean the reasons why you should build an online oh, course. Oh, is that and the now old podcast? Mean, no, it was this podcast. Oh. But you're just using it. Anyway, you're using it in a different... Words. Not, words are important. Not on the podcast. Okay, sorry. Not on the podcast. Here are the other things we're going to talk about. Common misconceptions. Things that a lot of people go into building an online course thinking that um, are not true. That, you know, mm -hmm. we should dispel. Uh, some questions to ask yourself around... Like, so if you've listened... If you listen to this podcast and get into the next one and are still thinking, yep, I still want to make an online course... Um, maybe don't want to work with these fools, but want to make an online course. Here <laughs> yeah, are some don't questions. Don't blame you. <laughs> don't blame you at all. Um, here are some questions that you should ask yourself to help you kind of get started and figure out like which direction should you be going in and, right. and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, so, that sounds like a great And then the last one. thing we're going to talk about is just sort of the future of online and virtual training programs. Where is it going from here? Mm. All of these kinds of things. Know what I'm excited about? To use our new microphones for our next podcast. Me too. Cannot wait. Me too. But y'all can't either. All right. Peace out. Let's let's uh, sign them out with our song. I don't remember uh, it. Oh. Online things and internet stuff. Internet stuff. Online. I'm getting I cannot hold a beat. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>